0: Welcome to the show this evening, and just listening. An eyewitness news to uh, Mr. Zuckerberg, who is laying off um, workers today uh, on it matter thirteen thousand workers, about thirteen percent of its global workforce. Um, I found online earlier on today uh, a reference to the huge layoffs that are happening across the technology sector. In fact. Um, Twitter has been given a huge rap uh, for the way in which it's treated its workers since Elon Musk arrived, and he's sending uh, these dreadful termination letters with cartoons and jokes and all sorts of things. Um, to workers and telling them, uh, you know, you're fired, you're no longer required. And uh, there are long lists of these companies that have been laying off people. And the observation here is that this technology sector, which has buoyed investment markets for so long, is running out of steam. And the business models now are having to start to pay for themselves, which is why Twitter is under so much pressure to start making some money. So that's a focus this evening, or at least part of the story, is a focus of tonight's Business Unusual. The Money Show. Business Unusual. I'm wondering, Colin Cullis, if Elon Musk is poised to disrupt social media in the same way as he's disrupted space travel, disrupted the way in which we fuel vehicles, disrupting possibly high speed underground transport, disrupting many, many industries in which he has become involved over the years. I'm wondering if he's going to break it or fix it? Where do we go?
1: Yeah, Bruce, I I think it's more likely uh, the break part now. He has been incredibly successful. Uh, There is no question that he has an amazing talent. But when you spread yourself too thin or you start believing your own PR to the point that I think he has now uh, started doing, uh, things do get very, very difficult. Um, And and it's also the people that that surround him, I think, that he's having this sort of uh, problematic influence. He, He did an interview just a couple of days ago um, with a guy who runs Baron Capital, one of the investors in uh, Tesla, SpaceX, etc., a massive investor, and, and and would commit to even more. And to be fair, when he invested in Tesla back in 2014, Tesla stock was worth twenty dollars. He's seen it rise all the way up to $360. It's now at $190. For him, even if it drops another 50%, you know, it's way above the $20 and he's in for the long term. And he's seen him actually create the cars. He's seen him build these gigafactories. He's seen them uh, change the way manufacturing is switching to say, yes, it's going electric. Yes, it's building these recharging stations um, and, and all of the rest of it. But then come the other claims that make you think, ah, you know, this is where Musk is over- overreaching. And because people want to believe that he was right on the other things, that he would be right on these things, too. Um, and that includes things like saying he can get uh, autonomous driving right. He's been claiming that for the last four or five years, that next year we will crack this thing. And, and to his credit, he'd say, you know, getting 95% autonomous is easy. That final 5% is hard. And every other car manufacturer that has been working on this thing has gone through technology, they've gone through the connectivity issues, and they've gone through the the reality that says unless you've got all cars being autonomous and you, you know, there's humans are still in there, it becomes so difficult to read it. And 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 we don't fully appreciate just how complex humans are at decoding what goes on with road signs and that for all of the brilliance of AI, it is still nowhere near the capability of somebody to say that's a stop sign versus mm-hmm. something else which robots still aren't capable of doing. Uh, and so this is the sort of crazy vortex that Musk finds himself in and the rest of us are sort of subjected to. And and classically on Twitter, you'll see this strange sort of uh, split between those who are like, oh man, this emperor's not wearing any clothes. And, th- and there's a growing number of people who are simply saying the, the guy's gone too far. But at the same time, there are a lot of people who are, like committed to this because they can't believe it doesn't work. And t- to update, given the conversations this evening and all the crazy stuff happened in the last 24 hours, at one point, you know, Uber and these other companies, Airbnb, they were the absolute darlings. And, and people came up with this line that says, well, though, Uber is a transport business that has no cars. And Airbnb is an accommodation business that has no properties. Well, the update today is that FTX is a crypto trading platform that has no crypto. <laughs> and in some respects, this is the same kind of stuff yeah. that's happening with you know Elon Musk type things. You know? it's, it's kind of the belief in what they managed to do. Clouds our ability to understand that there was a reason why these things are hard. The, the reason of going to the moon and, and, and having reusable rocket ships isn't something that was easy and nobody decided to do it. It wasn't being done because it was incredibly difficult. And, and here's where I must say again, I watched the Falcon Heavy launch just last week. And to see those two boosters come back and land perfectly, again, the 150th and the 151st time they've got a SpaceX booster to come back and land, And just 10 years ago, those things couldn't take off on any given day without blowing up.
0: Short of extraordinary, the brilliance of the people that that man has employed and what he has been able to create over the last two decades is significant. He's not necessarily the most likable individual in the world. He's deliberately obnoxious. He looks for attention. He gets a lot of branding and marketing through our obsession with him. And the world is obsessed with Elon Musk. But he has this thing about social media and whether or not this is a step too far. And I, I think you're suggesting quite strongly that it is.
1: Yeah. And, and if he doesn't get it, at some point, somebody else will. And I don't know if you recall, in 2018, uh, there was somebody who made a reference to William Durant, the founder of General Motors, who was at the time an exceptional salesman and a wonderful visionary for seeing what could be possible, even though engineers and the markets at the time didn't believe it. He was also a fantastic sort of PR guy. Um, and he, he went about founding GM, uh, irritating its, 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 you know, its bosses, the management, the investors. They kicked him out with nothing. He then went and uh, founded Chevrolet. And, and through Chevrolet, making a more affordable, more reliable vehicle, within less than a decade, was able to earn enough money from that to buy sh- enough shares in GM to take it over again and incorporate the entire lot, only to have a, a few years later because he was playing big on the stock exchange when they, the, the big uh, um, Wall Street crash happened, etc., to get kicked out again. And, and he kind of finished up his life still looking for something, having massive debts and, and not very many good relationships. And his final sort of thing just before his death was to say he's going to bet on building bowling alleys after the Second World War. And you know, he was right. Those bowling alleys have become absolute staples in the US because every single suburb has one and everybody goes to them as a sort of local place to go and unwind, have a beer and play some, play some stuff. So that was a visionary. But he was kicked out repeatedly by companies who said, you're great for showing us the future. You're wonderful with your ideas, but you cannot run these companies. Um, and I think this is where, this is where potentially he's going to get his comeuppance. I mean, he's effectively fired. He fired the senior management at Twitter because they didn't want to pay them their very large uh, golden handshakes that they would get for having done the sale. And the crazy thing about firing them is he's now got to prove that that was justified. And in the U.S., these sorts of things are... Not easy challenges to get across the bar. A lot of the reporting is simply said he fired them and it's as if he's moved on. But he hasn't. He's now got legal challenges that will come from those people. We're expecting $100 million payouts. So they're not going to walk away from that. They're not going to tell lawyers, oh, well, I you know, good." they are going to sue him and, they, and they're and they going to get quite far in, in succeeding, I think. And then there's the notion of he's laid off all of this, the, the, the staff, half half of the company, uh, which, which was significant until Mark Zuckerberg stepped up and said, hold my beer. But nevertheless, this. The, the way he's done it, um, I'm happy to report that those memes that they were saying were sent by him, those those have turned out to not be his. It was a pretty formal sort of thing to say, thanks, but no thanks. Uh, the one that was, I thought, quite clever, but pretty, pretty rough was a, a Twitter employee who posted – a picture of his Twitter login next to a lettuce, uh, making that reference to which will last longer, my ability to still log in uh, to the company, or, or this letter going off in, in reference to the Liz Trust sort of comparison that was made by The Economist some time back. Um, but, but, but on that notion, uh, there's a lot of people saying, well, those 3,000 odd employees are going to sue him for saying, hey, you can't, just, you can't just kick us out. But the thing that he did was he's, um, he built in three months' worth of severance. He didn't have to pay that severance. What you're supposed to do is give people two months notice. So he said, well, I'm just gonna basically pay you out and get you out the business. Now his investors and, and you know, the people who are carrying the debt for the company might say, that's not a great idea. Why don't you just give them the two months and, and move on from there? But what he's probably correct to say is if you've got half the business, half the staff in all the offices all around the world that you are planning to get rid of, it's kind of an open secret that they will go. They have to be served that notice. What kind of an atmosphere will there be inside Twitter and the kind of work that you're likely to get done with the kind of horrible leaks and stories being sent to to media telling you about how corrosive and toxic it is inside the company? He is probably better off just saying, OK, listen, I have to take this cut. I can't afford to keep these people. They're losing sort of four billion, sorry, four million dollars a day, um, you know, move on and, and, and take the hit. And so in some respects, you know, his business policies aren't bad. But the way they come across, certainly for humans, that is terrible. And maybe here's something that was um, a a very wise sort of thing that that Wired magazine mentioned good many years ago. They they asked, whatever happened to blue-collar workers? And in the article, they said, programmers are the new blue-collar workers. Almost (laughs) every business is going to require programmers and they unfortunately are going to become these guys who are just, you just employ them, you, you throw them at the code, you see if they can do it. If they can't do it, you get someone else. But when you don't need them anymore, you cut. And again, AI, other things, they start replacing them. So there is a strange dynamic. And I think to your point of saying we've reached that point now where it used to be, this was the, the, the shiny new thing. Now it's just the thing. It's just like manufacturing. It's just like anything else. And it's going to become, you know, a lot more, well, what should I say? A lot more mundane in terms of what they can do. The, the, the element, though, and this is the investment that, that he decided to make, which I think a lot of people would say was just kind of crazy. But when I did the comparison to say so, $44 billion, about 700 billion Rand, you can buy MTN and Standard Bank, according to their market caps on the JSE with that. Phew. Now, I don't think anybody's going to say, yeah, Twitter's, Twitter's worth about that. Twitter has got about 200 million active users. Uh, and strictly speaking, the minority of them are in, are in the U.S. That's where you make your money. The rest of the world is great, but it's hard to regulate and make your money over there. You need to earn it in dollars. And he's got the smallest proportion that are in that country. Uh, he's got advertisers at the moment are saying mm, everything's just a little bit uh, a bit loose there. I'm rather going to you know not advertise for the next little while. He's sort of blamed it on activists trying to have them not do it. But I don't think it's crazy for somebody to say you you don't have a you don't have a management team. You just fired half your staff. You're going into a midterm election in America, which is very fraught and highly divisive. Good time for you to not have advertising sitting on a platform that could be constrained and, and, and damage your brain. So just pause. You don't have to say, I'm not going to advertise, although I imagine car manufacturers might have a different thought about actually getting back onto it. But that's his challenge. But the real thing for, for, for the investors in SpaceX or, or Tesla or, or, or Neuralink or any of these other things where he's made massive undertakings for what he's going to do is how on earth is he going to split his time given he is the single head of Twitter right now, yeah. while still having to get that Starling ship up into the sky. He's got a contract with NASA to go and land the thing on the moon. It has yet to fly, you know, fly and come back and, and, and not be crazy. He's made this undertaking that Tesla will deliver the the, 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 the Cybertruck and the semi and give the autonomous driving in the next little while. He said that Optimus, this humanoid robot that's going to work better than other people will, will be ready. And the thing that they launched was, well, nowhere near that. So, he has got so much stuff to do that it's just very, very unlikely he's going to be able to get it done. And all the while, um, he's basically using Twitter to announce things. So, so one of the elements, and it comes down to his shift from uh, you know, advertising to go to subscriptions, not in and of itself a, a terrible thing to do, but uh, charging sort of uh, profile people to say, you're going to have to pay $8. was really $20. And then Stephen King said, no way, I'm paying that. So he replied and said, okay, what about eight? He was negotiating on his own platform, trying <laughs> to get the thing. It's absolutely crazy. Um, and, and even now with the, with the $8, people said, well, then that means anybody can get a blue tick. What, what is of value to, to a personality, to a, to a brand to say, well, if somebody goes and, and registers my brand, you know, how, how hard, how much are you going to check to see what you can do? And even then, with $8 a month, there's, there's currently about 400,000 uh, verified accounts on Twitter. Is that really going to generate you that much money yeah. you know, every month for $4 million, whatever? There's just too many bits that, that don't add up.
0: Yeah, he's gonna get massively distracted. And I've I found the list of companies that have been sacking workers recently, and it's a whole host of the most hyped businesses of the last decade or so. Twitter's the most aggressive under Elon Musk, and as many as half of the people who work at Twitter could lose their jobs. Robin Hood, the share trading platform, twenty-three percent. Um, uh, Intel, the microchip maker, uh, real economy stuff down, uh, 20% in staff numbers. Coinbase, Patreon, Stripe down in the teens. Um, and yeah, a whole host of them, um, cutting back on workforce because, yeah, the, the reality of the global slowdown certainly is biting. This is not something that you've mentioned before, Colin, but I've got to share it with you this evening. And it was a marvelous, Um, piece that I picked up online today as well in terms of what the French are doing. Now, I'm finding this whole COP27 malarkey terribly important but so unbelievably dull to try and keep track of because it's like a club of people who speak a different language to the rest of us, talking um, acronyms and nonsense that they understand but nobody else does. And so it's quite exclusionary. But I do like what the French have done. And this makes sense to me from the point of view of climate change and fighting climate change and making the future better than the present. And, and, um, new legislation in France apparently is demanding that existing car parks with 80 or more spaces must install a solar roof within three to five years. It could generate, according to these reports out of France, up to 11 gigawatts, the equivalent of 10 nuclear reactors in three to five years. I mean, that's truly an interesting and unusual way of looking at the climate change problem.
1: It's a very bright idea. <laughs> and uh, yeah, those, those things are, those things are to be welcomed. And, and again, this is the kind of stuff, I mean, Elon Musk and, and, and solar he, he led that thinking, he helped reduce the costs for these things. So once again, we are definitely seeing how, you know, he has shifted the focus. He shifted what people can believe is possible. Um, but, and, and this is the other unfortunate thing that comes back from now, particularly considering he's gone wandering in, into the Twitter space. He is very reliant on, on certain countries for ensuring that he can deliver things for certainly Tesla. That is the main, the main thing. SpaceX will become even bigger, but right now it's Tesla. So 40% of his sales and his production is coming out of China. China has very particular views about how people comment about it. Twitter is not allowed in China, but China uses it outside of China. And depending on how things can be said about China, he may have to account for it. To Chinese authorities, uh, which may then want to say, listen, unless you do something here, uh, there's going to be problems for you for Tesla or SpaceX or contracts. And suddenly, U.S. regulators, uh, he's got a challenge there with parties on the left and the right thinking is either fair or not fair, may say, well, if you want to expect, uh, NASA and the U.S. government to continue using your launch vehicles for uh, conflicts, sp- sp- you know, conflicts, it's conflicts. just not a good idea. It is really gone too far, which is a pity. Uh, because he didn't have to. He's he's a billionaire. Mm. He's 50 years old. He's got 10 kids. A whole bunch of women <gasps> left.
0: He Spend more a time lady. at home with the kids. Focus on that. Yeah, this is this is exactly. the desperation of somebody who doesn't want to be at home with the kids. Thank you, Colin Cullis. <laughs> Business unusual. Parenting unusual. On The Money Show.